Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 63 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. Hey, I have a question for you. Do you have any regrets? Are you ready to overcome those regrets? If so, then this episode is for you. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to manage and overcome regrets. Regret is a feeling of sadness, disappointment, or sorrow, which is caused by something that has happened to us, something we have done, or something we wish we had done differently. Most often, we regret things we feel are too late to change. A recent study interviewed patients in an end-of-life hospice care facility. They were asked, what are the things you regret most? And according to the author, there were seven common traits they regretted the most. Number one, they expressed regret for not having been more understanding, caring, and present for the people who were most important to them, adding how they wished they had said, I love you more. Number two, they wished they had not spent so much time working. Many worked long, hard hours, and they regretted missing important moments in their kids' lives. Number three, they wished they had been happier and enjoyed life more. Most people regretted the time they wasted worrying about things beyond their control. And number four, they wished they had lived their dream. Many stated their lifelong dreams went unfulfilled because they were too concerned with trying to live up to someone else's expectations. Number five, they wished they had chosen more meaningful work. Many expressed that they had never enjoyed their job, but had stuck with it year after year to pay bills. They wished instead they had chosen work that was in line with their purpose and passions. In other words, work that gave them a sense of fulfillment. And number six, they expressed regret about making mistakes that damaged relationships. Many expressed how they wish they had not let a moment of frustration or temptation ruin a lifetime of happiness with a person. And number seven, they wish they had been a more present parent. They wish they had spent more time 
with their kids. They expressed that they wished they had spent a quantity of time more than the quality of time. In other words, they said it didn't have to be time spent on an expensive destination. They just simply wished they had spent more time together, even doing the little things. See, these seven regrets were from people that were dying. However, there are many people living with regrets. I believe God wants to help you overcome the regrets that you are living with so that you can become a more productive, happy person again. I believe God wants to help us overcome our regrets so that we can get back to living a happier life. An unhealthy view of regret can leave us with an unhealthy view of ourselves. Regret will make you settle for less because you feel like you don't deserve better. A life paralyzed by regret will rob you of your peace and joy. Regrets magnify the negative and blind us to the positive things that are currently in our lives. Regret is a thief. It makes you live looking back while robbing you of your happiness today. You see, we're familiar with how Satan relentlessly uses condemnation against us, how he always tries to bring up our past, remind us of our mistakes. And when we try to take a step of faith, the enemy is always there to condemn us, saying, you've messed up so much, how could you ever do anything for God? We're familiar with how the devil works. We're familiar with his strategy of condemnation. However, it's important to understand The devil is not the only one that uses condemnation. Regret is a form of self-condemnation. Satan isn't the only one that uses condemnation against us. Regret is us using condemnation against ourselves. Self-condemnation is us not being able to let go of of the anguish of our past so that we can embrace what God has called us to today. Self-condemnation sounds something like this. I'm such a failure. I was a terrible parent. I should have done more. I was an awful spouse. I was a horrible friend. I should have. I could have. I wish I would have. Sometimes I think we may need the whole armor of God to protect us from ourselves. Way too often, we are our own worst enemy. The enemy doesn't have the right to condemn us. You do not even have the right to condemn yourself. There is only one that has the right to condemn. God of all the universe, the creator of all things, he is the only one that can choose when life is created and when life passes away. He has the ultimate right to choose if he condemns something or not. However, we find something very important about him. Even though he has the right to condemn us, 
The Bible says in the book of John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. The one that has the right to condemn us chooses not to condemn us. So you don't have the right to condemn yourself, nor does Satan have the right to condemn you. And the one that does has chosen not to. Paul continued in Romans 8 and 1 by saying, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's time to stop condemning yourself with the regrets of the past. Overcoming regret doesn't mean suddenly forgetting or pretending the bad thing didn't happen. Overcoming regret means you turn the remembrance of it into an opportunity to learn, grow, and help others avoid the same mistakes that you made. Understanding that will release you to begin the process of moving forward. It's how you take back control instead of letting regret control you. And it's important that we understand that. The Lord is not looking to condemn us. He's looking to help set us free. And so let's look at some biblical examples. First, let's look at Peter and Judas, a case study in regret management. When it comes to Peter, we find that in John chapter 13, it describes the night of Jesus' betrayal. After the Passover meal, Peter told Jesus that even if all fall away, he would not. He told Jesus that he would even lay down his life for him. And Jesus responded by telling Peter, before the rooster crows that very night, he would deny him three times. I don't believe Peter was lying. I believe Peter loved Jesus. I believe Peter meant what he said. I believe his intentions were good. And Peter even showed his devotion to Jesus. When Malchus tried to take Jesus away, Peter took the sword out and cut Malchus's ear off. And I don't believe that Peter was aiming for his ear. I really think that Peter was aiming for his neck, but missed. Peter is showing all of those around, I love the Lord. I will defend him. His intentions were off, but his intentions were pure. Later that night, out of fear of losing his own life, and just as Jesus said, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times, and we know that Peter regretted his decisions because the Bible says he went outside and wept bitterly. He was overwhelmed with regret. And then there's Judas in the book of John chapter 13, During the Passover supper, Jesus told his disciples that one of them would betray him. The disciples were perplexed and asked, who would do such a thing? In John chapter 13, verse 26, Jesus answered, he said, to whom I shall give a sop. When I have dipped it and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot. 
Jesus told Judas, what thou doest, do quickly. Still, many of the disciples didn't understand what was happening. They thought Judas, having the money, went out to buy more supplies for the Passover supper. But we understand Matthew 27 tells us that when the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Luke chapter 22 confirms, and while he yet spake, behold, a multitude came and They looked for Jesus, and Judas drew near unto him to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? And Matthew chapter 27 concluded by saying, And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate the governor. We know that Judas also regretted his decisions, because the Bible tells us that he repented. Matthew 27, verses 3 through 4, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. We can see that Judas regretted betraying Jesus. However, Judas didn't manage his regrets in a healthy manner. Matthew 27 and 5 says, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Peter denied and regretted. Judas betrayed and regretted. Both failed. Both sinned. We've proven they both regretted what they had done because they expressed it with sorrow. Peter let regret drive him back to Jesus. Judas let the regret drive him away from Jesus. This is a case study in regret management. One of them, Peter, came back to the Lord, and even though he had made a mistake and regretted it, allowed the Lord to help him, and he overcame the regrets and stood with the other disciples and preached on the day of Pentecost. Yet Judas did not manage his regrets in the right manner. He allowed his sorrow to drive him away from God, and he harmed himself taking his own life because he did not manage his regrets in a correct manner. I'm telling you, if you don't manage regrets in the right manner, they'll drive you away from the things of God. They will destroy your spirit. And there have even been some that have allowed it to destroy their lives. It's important that you do not let regret make decisions for you. You let the overcoming power of God deliver you so that you can make right decisions, healthy decisions, and get the revelation of proper management of regret. Instead of letting regret control you, you need to take those regrets to the Lord so that he can deliver you and he can set you free and you can properly manage the regrets. If you don't, you could be a Judas, but God has called you to be a Peter. Saul to Paul is a case study in overcoming regret. Saul persecuted the church before becoming a follower of Jesus. Saul was persecuting the followers of the Lord. 
Acts 7 and verse 58 says, Saul looked after the coats of the men who stoned Stephen to death in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 8, Saul leads a violent persecution of the young Christian church in Jerusalem. He goes from house to house, dragging men and women off to prison. In Acts chapter 9, Saul received authority from the Jewish Sanhedrin to persecute the church. In Acts 26, we find that when the believers are found guilty of what is considered to be blasphemy of the day, Saul calls for them to be stoned to death. Saul begins to persecute the Jewish followers of Jesus, even in foreign cities. Thankfully, Saul, who became Paul, was converted after hearing the voice of the Lord on the road to Damascus. We know that Paul regretted persecuting the Christians because he tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9, for I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. After that way, I persecuted God's church. The weight of regret must have been overwhelming. So how did Paul overcome regret? Well, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, the word perfect there means mature, be thus minded. He's given us a clue. The way that you overcome regret is by forgetting those things in the past and pressing toward the priorities of the future. And he says, let all of us be thus minded. The word perfect, meaning mature, as you mature in your relationship with God, Paul is saying, forget the past. All of you, that's the answer. Forget the things that you regret and press toward the priorities of today. And I know you may be thinking, but how can I forget the things that I regret? And I have asked that. I wondered, Paul, how can you forget those things of the past? Well, the key here is the word forget does not mean to just suddenly no longer remember. Paul isn't saying that all of a sudden I can't remember anything that happened to me in the past. No, forget means neglect. Paul is saying literally, I neglect those things. I don't focus on those things of the past. I don't focus on my regrets. I don't focus on the things that were the mistakes. I press on toward the priorities of today. Paul is saying there are new priorities that deserve my attention and those things I am going to press toward. That's the answer for you. Listener, you need to neglect dwelling on the 
regrets of the past, the things that you can't fix, and you need to set new priorities and work today so that you can no longer regret how you handle the priorities of the day. One of the greatest regrets you could ever have is hearing someone tell you you can overcome the regrets and not doing it. At the end of life, if you look back and say, I had the opportunity to overcome my regrets, but I didn't do it, that would be the greatest regret you could ever have. But right now, you have the opportunity to allow God to help you overcome, that you can just neglect to think on those things of the past, and you can set new priorities. Set your kids as a priority. Grandparents, set your grandchildren as a priority. Certainly set the things of God as a priority. You cannot fix all of the things of the past, but you can get new priorities that help you not create new regrets. Make sure you manage and overcome regrets in a biblical and healthy manner. Your regrets are no match for the grace of God. Despite Paul's poor choices, God still had a plan to use him. In fact, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Therein lies an important truth. Your bad choices do not keep God from choosing you. Yes, our choices have consequences, but we can't let regrets dictate our future. If God can choose to use Paul after he persecuted the church, God can certainly choose to use you as well. So let's look at a few keys to overcoming regret. Number one, take them to God. If necessary, ask God to forgive you. Number two, where possible, Attempt to make things right with others. Number three, where it's not possible, remember God knows your heart and ask God to give you peace. Number four, allow God to use your regrets to help others avoid making the same mistakes. This will give you a sense of purpose, turning your hurt into help. Number five, Commit Romans 8 and 1 to memory. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Number six, it's not an easy one, but it's necessary. Forgive yourself. In other words, stop being your own worst enemy. And number seven, redeem the regrets. Redeemed regrets can be used by God to form you into the person he wants you to be. And you can draw on those experiences to help others grow in God. Every one of us have experienced things we wish we had never gone through. Things that we wish had never happened. Things that we wish we had handled differently. Thankfully, Through God's grace, we don't have to let those moments condemn nor control our lives forever. We can manage our regrets and we can overcome our regrets. And we can set priorities for today that we don't add new regrets. 
And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would encourage you, that God would heal the hurt that you've been through and help you see that it's time to set the priorities of now so that you don't add regrets on top of regrets. Lord, I'm asking you, encourage each listener. Lord, let them know that no matter what they've been through, whether it is something great or small, Lord, it hurts the same. The regrets of the past, especially the things that we can no longer change, you, Lord, are able to heal the broken heart. You, Lord, are able to help us overcome those things and help us neglect to focus on the past by giving us a vision of our priorities of the future. God, I pray right now that you would help each listener set new priorities, their family, their calling, the things of God. But Lord, open their eyes to understand that it's time that they manage their regrets correctly so that they can set new priorities and live a life where joy and happiness comes again. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you and until next time let's keep building you've been listening to the building great lives podcast a member of the real life church network join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions 